0: Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, it's Isabella of the World Messenger, and I'm inviting you yet for another epic The Legacy Leader show. Today, I have a very special guest that is joining us from Hawaii, Maine Island, that uh, you are not going to want to miss. So much fascinating information and in story for someone who has been phenomenal global CXO, a technology executive who traveled the world, did so many amazing things in business arena, as a futurist, as an advocate, as a philanthropist, international keynote speaker, board director, and so much more. His accomplishment list is very long, but we'll let him to share with us. And we're having a chance to hear directly from my guest today, Nabil Mohammed. How are you? Mahmoud,
1: I'm, doing great. I'm sorry,
0: Nabil Mahmoud, how are you?
1: i'm doing great thank you very much for having me on your show isabella
0: i am beyond trail specific after everybody if you learn why today is epic day it's marking one month and very interesting shocking event and matter of fact the third event in your life uh, but before we go what that is and 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 how is this even possible and just to see you radiating smiling and being super happy healthy um, I wanted to audience to kind of get a little bit sense of, of your background, uh, where did you grow up and, and how did you get into a deal with the uh, top guns and global space specifically in technology as a technology executives?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, my career was actually potentially, you know, a perfect story where I surround myself with the right people, I network with the right people. I actually wanted to be an athlete. I I wanted to play cricket for a living. I wanted to ride horses and play polo. Uh, But very early on in my life, uh, ended up having a little bit of uh, injury, uh, which was quite severe at that point in time. My left leg was uh, fractured with compound fractures and my lower back uh, got shattered playing polo, fell off the horse. So that pretty much ended that dream. It totally shattered that dream of being a professional athlete. Uh, ends up that uh, I surround myself with the right folks, got involved in technology. Uh, now, I was a mathematician in school. <laughs> that's what I went to school mm-hmm. for. Crunching the you
0: know, numbers, yay, and the, knowing all about mathematics. So that's a wonderful skill to have.
1: Exactly, yeah. So, and then I grew up with a very binary mindset as well. So it was a bunch of ones and zeros. Uh, so very much, very much decisive uh, once I put my mind to something and that making decisions has always been very, very easy. Uh, anyhow, I surround myself with some right folks that were involved in technology and uh, they gave me an opportunity. I found uh, uh, some people that were able to mentor me and I followed direction. Uh, you know, being an athlete, one of the things that's uh, always kind of stuck by me is the fact that uh, you've got to follow leadership, Uh, you've got to follow good leaders, you've got to follow good direction. Uh, They have done it, they've seen it, they've been there before. Uh, They have experimented with a lot of different ideas. So they know it better than I would have. So um, I was able to follow the process. Now, I I wouldn't say I didn't make any mistakes along the way, I did, Uh, plenty of them. Uh, But I was able to capture them and learn from them. You know, I was never a technologist per se. I was a mathematician. Uh, One thing that set me apart from my peers was the fact that I was able to think outside the box. I was that one annoying kid that always questioned why. Why are we doing it the way we are doing it? Why aren't we doing it differently? And why isn't there a better way of doing it? Now, I wasn't lazy, but I figured that there was always an easier and a better way of doing things. And that's been the backbone of my career. I like to simplify things. I like to keep things simple to the point. Um, I don't like to make things complicated. And the idea that if I can explain what I do for the living to a fourth year old, fourth grader rather, and if I can simplify technology to a fourth grade level, then I'm done what I'm supposed to do. So you got to keep it simple.
0: I love it. I love it. And uh, it's very rare for such an early passion for math and and to be so good at it and then how to translate it in technology. But I love the, since we have quite a bit of similarity, the curiosity and the dream and desire to be um, involved in sports. And right now we're having Olympics. It must be hard because I wanted to be Olympian when I was a little girl and then was a that have not much invested in female sport. So I'm curious, um, you know, when as they say, when one dream dies, new get born. And since like that for you, mathematics and technology.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you can't just uh, harp on the fact that you were not able to do what you thought that was your destiny. Uh, There's always an opportunity. And when one door closes a hundred more open, there's always an opportunity out there. And that's one of the life lessons. Um, You know, things happen in life for a reason. I mean, I was not meant to be an athlete. Um, It's one of those things that I question myself. And I mean, over my entire life, I've uh, tried to figure out what's my purpose. What am I supposed to be doing out here? I'm not here to conquer the world. I'm uh, certainly not in a position to change the world. uh, But what I can do is contribute and probably make this a better place, one person at a time.
0: Mm. And I love your question what next and then how and what can we do and, and why right because right now more than ever we need to question and kind of unlearn some learning because a lot of times companies are doing things and they're not necessarily serving them the best specifically with magnitude of change that is going on so. And you end up being on this insane trajectory, right, of global companies and and travels and something pivotal happened, obviously, because uh, uh, someone like of your stature, I'm sure, was not gonna be just accepting easy way of participating, right? So whatever you do, I can tell you put all your heart and soul into it And, and sometimes, there might be some issues there as well. So do you want to share a little bit what happened when you were on the peak of your performance and, and one of those first pivotal moments when you needed to realize you need to take a turn?
1: Yeah, so that journey really started about five, or the life-changing experience really started about five years ago. So when I moved to America and I got involved in technology, um, you know, I, I stopped embracing my voice. Um, I felt that, you know, our culture here is very materialistic. Uh, Your success is measured by the dollars. Your success is measured by the car you drive and where you live and who you socialize with and what do you wear. And that ended up being my life. That ended up being my career. So it ended up being very material. Now, I was good at it. I wouldn't say I wasn't good at it. I was really good at it. But I did not have a purpose yes okay I was chasing someone else's dream I was chasing someone else's passion potentially I was chasing someone else's goals I was keeping the shareholders happy I was keeping investors happy I was chasing money
0: Mm. and
1: that wasn't me now five years ago the life-changing experience for us that I flatlined. I had two heart attacks, I was dead on arrival. I was flatlined for four minutes and 19 seconds. Uh, Fortunately enough, I was able to drive myself to the hospital and and know what the criticality of the situation was. Now growing up as an athlete and going back to the story, I'm relatively fit. I mean, six, four, about 200 pounds, You know, worked out regularly, didn't really have any health issues not personally, not in the immediate family, I was healthy. I mean, I ate healthy, I took care of myself, but mentally, I was a disaster. And...
0: So do you mind sharing a little bit more what what that meant? What do you mean with that? Because obviously so many people are tasting money, specifically during current economy and everything that is going on, right? And they don't know how to make any of the life business balance and everything else. So do you mind also a little bit from that experience share more, please, please?
1: Yeah, so it just becomes about work. You think that you've got a job that's eight to five. You're gonna come back home, have dinner with the family, do things with friends, but you don't. You end up working. I mean, you know, it was kind of nice when blackberry and apple were fruits. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We are connected 24/7, 365. We are in the data rush economy. It's all about now. People can't wait. Um, Things need to be done right now. And the industry that we are in, we are not saving lives, but it feels like we are. Things can wait, but we feel that we cannot. So it's that immediate rush and the gratification of getting things done and feeling better and working long hours. And I don't feel you're really productive, but the moment that you're in, you feel that you are because you're doing a lot of things. I think it's now looking back at things, it's like you're working just to work. You feel important, you feel satisfied. You have this fear of missing out, uh, uh, that you're not a part of that equation because somebody else might do it. Uh, There is that political element uh, while somebody else is gonna take credit for it. Uh, And it, it happens in all stages of your career. I mean, it doesn't really matter how high up in an organization you are it's the culture that dictates that we've got to do things right now. We do not value life. We are just a number, unfortunately. And it doesn't matter which or where you're at in your career. That's been our culture over the last couple of decades here, unfortunately. And we don't embrace our voice. Things that you could say or think about 20, 30 years ago, you can't think or say now because you're going to hurt someone's feelings. But at the end of the day you're self-inducing stress yeah you're killing yourself from inside out you might not you might not feel that today but it's Mm -hmm. very hurtful because you're not embracing your voice you're not true you're not honest to yourself you're not loyal to yourself your relationship and your personality is fake it's a fake persona that it's glorified by the title that you possess
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: that's where I was in my career five years ago. That wasn't me. I mean, if you look at me from today, from here and five years ago, I was a clean shaven suit and tie guy. Mm-hmm. Always well-groomed. And look at me now. I look like that character from Castaway. Mm-hmm. But this is me. I could care less what people think or say about me because that's their perception.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I look at myself in the mirror every day, I feel that I've found my purpose. I feel that I'm contributing. And I've realized I'm not here to conquer the world. I could care less than being on the cover of the Forbes magazine or next big publication because that's irrelevant. What's relevant is, am I able to contribute and give back and give back to the community and people around me? Or am I able to change that one kid's life that's in the middle of nowhere and potentially does not have an opportunity and might die? Am I able to give that person an opportunity? And that's more important to me now than it has ever been.
0: And I love how you have that strong sense of philanthropy and purpose and everything else. But with that particular incidentism back into that, obviously taught you pivotal lessons, right? That something has to give, you You can't continue that on. So if you don't mind, take us on that journey when after they retrieve you, uh, what happened next?
1: Yeah, so the first time I had two heart attacks and I had driven myself to the hospital. Um, it was not very theatrical in my point of view because I was at the right place at the right time with the right equipment and the right people that knew what they were doing. All what I was told was, Nabil, you had flatline and you were dead for four minutes and 19 seconds. Now, wow. it was certainly a shock, but not that theatrical. I did not understand the criticality of it till I after came out of the hospital. That, oh my gosh, I was a dead man. I was a dead man walking.
0: Wow. When it happened.
1: And after that, it happened. I decided to make some immediate changes. And I said, okay, you know what? Forget California. Forget the rat race. I'm packing my bags and I'm moving to Hawaii. We'll figure life out. And here we are. I've not figured life out yet, but I'll tell you, I'm a much happier person today than I was five years ago. Mm. And life's got a purpose. And the fact that I feel that I can embrace my voice and I can talk to myself, you know, both to, to my soul, rather. I can talk to my soul and I, I, I can figure out what my purpose is. And I can go to bed knowing that I'm contributing and not taken away from this place.
0: Mm. That is so powerful and I love when you keep saying, hearing your voice and having the purpose. And right now, as you know, a lot of people are lost and they don't know why or how to get that or, or, or where the truth uh, lies, right? Because they're chasing money, they're chasing all these wrong things, the status, the, the, the whatever, gadgets, all of those things that at the end of the day don't matter, that don't make you more happier and more fulfilled, and more successful, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're doing it for the wrong reason. I mean, there are a lot, there's a lot of people that are contributing and doing things for the right reason. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, there's a lot of them that don't understand why we're doing what we are doing. They are following. They are just in this rat race because somebody told them the Uh, the people around us told them the generations before us told us that, Hey, you've got to have one job and that's the job that you can have for the rest of your life. You're going to do one thing. And that's the only thing that you're going to do for the rest of your life. People are not happy typically where they're at because they've lost that passion because their families might not approve of something. Mm -hmm. My family did not want me to be an athlete. They wanted me to be a business person. Mm. Um, Yeah, so we've got to figure out a way to encourage the younger generation in pursuing what they're passionate about
0: Mm. and
1: doing things for a purpose. Otherwise, we're all lost walking around with our tails cut off and not knowing what we want to do.
0: That is so, so very true. And and right now, specifically for younger generation, that they are not having that life and work balancer or CEOs that are in similar situations or CXOs Uh, that are given so much of their time and beyond point of burnout. As we know, leaders are in very dire situation right now because such a high demand, such a high pressure, high expectation, the highest than ever, right? And the fastest, the most pressure to make a decision that better be right and all of those things that are really affecting um, so much uh, their health, but also health of organizations and culture. And then if you work culture, like since like you were being part of, it's a hard to um, create something differently than what it's already in that environment, isn't it?
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, events like what I've experienced, you know, five years ago, even, or even four weeks ago, um, you know, it changes the perspective of life. It changes the perspective of what's important and it mm-hmm. changes the perspective of valuing people. Um, You know, companies that are successful, uh, particularly when you look at the executive leadership um, and there are great examples, like for instance, I mean, Bezos, whatever people think of Jeff Bezos is what they think of, but at the core, you know, he has values, a few values that really stand by me, that he cares for his customers, he cares for his people, and he understands the life and work balance. Unfortunately, where we live and the day and time that we live in today, it's work first and then life. We've got to put life before work. Yeah. So, um, you know, shareholders are never going to be happy. I mean, yeah, the bean counters yeah. that uh, want to make money are never going to be happy. They want more. They want more. They want more and more and more. Yeah. But it's people. People are important. You take care of your people you value them you encourage them and you help them find what they want to achieve in their lives they will give you everything that they've got
0: and absolutely and more because when people are feeling good about environment they're in it's no need for chasing convincing and there are no need to motivate them right While we're having the highest disengagement and low morale and motivation and performance, you know, at all time high than ever before was low to begin with in in recent uh, five to 10 years specifically, but during the COVID and because we're just adding an additional layer of complexity and additional layer of uh, of responsibility, right, that we're just pressing people on their shoulders. Shoulders that they really could not focus and i love what you mentioned using tools like technology right like you're 24 7 on and everything has to pa- happen fast and the pressure for the speed those things we don't even realize how much create fatigue and exhaustion and and many other elements so- oh
1: totally yeah i mean we, we we have a fear of missing out uh, we um you know screen time is, is is crazy i mean how much screen time Uh, we have in our lives so you know my suggestion to people is just just walk away you know go out and you know experience the sunshine go out and feel that breeze go out and smell nature go out and put your hands in the dirt you know get out and get away from computers and screens you know you need something different
0: yes and and for Hawaii, oh my goodness, I can just imagine from Main Island, from gorgeous uh, access to mountains and, and forests and fruits and flowers and all the way down to ocean and everything else. It's like a it just like plethora of activities that you can do. It's a playground for being for, for being and playing outdoors, right? Isn't it? thing? Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, we've got ten out of fourteen climate zones where I live. Uh, so I can I can be in the tropics and I can be in snow the same day. So wow. it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Can't really complain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but something epic happened. And we cannot believe that we're literally doing this one month of the day that has uh, something epically took a turn again in your life. So do you mind sharing for our viewers and listeners um, what just occurred? And I mean, and, and seeing you in flash and hearing you, it's like we would never know. Uh, but that was uh, when I heard the story, I was blown away. So I had to have you as a guest on Legacy Leader Show to really uh, share with people and, 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 and what that meant for you and, and how you're moving forward.
1: Sure. Yeah. So um, I was actually in Miami um, on June 25th, uh, speaking at a conference and I was supposed to be in Chicago the following day. I'm sorry, Chicago the following week. On Monday, I was speaking at another conference in Chicago. Uh, So we've got this initiative called the Nomad Futurist, uh, where we talk about technology and break the barriers and have people embrace their voice and also help the younger generation with their scholarships and education. Uh, primarily in areas around the world uh, that are underdeveloped. So the gentleman that's actually um, on the board with me for this nonprofit, and he's actually a very good friend of mine, phil uh, He's like, "Hey, Nabil, you're in Chicago. You're you're in Miami. You're gonna be in Chicago Monday, and we're both going to speak at that conference on Monday. Why don't you come over to New Jersey?" Um, and plus, June 26th is your birthday, so we'll celebrate your birthday, uh, have a little fun, go to the city, and then we'll fly together to Chicago. I'm like, all right, sounds like a plan. So uh, Friday the 25th, I fly over to New Jersey uh, and uh, wake up in the morning. He's like, hey, by the way, uh, we're actually playing tennis at my tennis and racket and country club this morning uh, in a tournament. Wow. Like- Phil, I've not played tennis in 20 years. It's like, (laughs) oh, don't worry about it. We'll we'll go play tennis. I'm like, all right, that's fine. And then we're going to go to the city and have a great time. Sounds like a plan. But we end up playing tennis. We uh, started uh, the first game at about 8 p.m. And 1230-ish, we are finishing up the last game. So we played for a little over four and a half hours. It was fun. Had a great time. Didn't feel a thing. I felt like I was still 18 years old. Um, mm-hmm. running around and chasing the ball. Anyhow, as we got done playing tennis, and granted, there's about a couple hundred people um, you know, that are playing tennis uh, out there for the tournament and people watching and whatnot, uh, we were playing tennis at the upper court. And uh, as I'm shaking hands with the, with the opponents, uh, my legs gave out and I fell down. Uh, Fortunately, uh, what I've been told was that there was actually uh, some netting around me uh, that I put my hand on that broke my fall. Uh, Anyhow, at this point in time, I am out. Um, Now, what had happened between then and when I woke up, I don't remember. Uh, But I remember waking up uh, with people chanting and crying and, uh, uh, and, and a lot of them. <laughs> uh, what had happened was at this point in time, I uh, had a cardiac arrest um, and uh, a heart attack. Uh, when I came out, uh, so they tried doing, <clears throat> excuse me, they tried conducting CPR and uh, they brought a defib in uh, and gave me a shock and that's, that's how I came back to life. Uh, What had happened was when I came out of it all, I thought that I was as dehydrated and it was probably just heat exhaustion. Uh, That's probably the reason why I went down. Uh, Anyhow, uh, by this point in time, uh, as I woke up, the police department was there, fire department was there, EMTs are on site and uh, they decided to take me over to the nearest hospital and do emergency. Uh, We go there. And what's surprising is about was that my vitals were normal. My heart rate, my blood pressure, my oxygen level, everything is normal. Wow. So they took me over to emergency. Uh, nobody's got any idea what had happened. Now, you know, vitals are normal. CPR didn't work, and the DFib with the electric shock is what brought me back to life. So there is certainly a state of confusion of what is going on here. Uh, the emergency doctor decided that they were going to keep me overnight. They asked for a cardiologist to come over uh, who started interviewing me. And at this point in time, they're doing uh, a lot of testing. I mean, you know, blood, blood samples yeah. are being drawn. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And um, scientifically speaking, there's nothing wrong with me. No mm-hmm. signs of anything whatsoever. Uh, so the cardiologist leaves. He's like, I'll come back tonight. Uh, we'll figure out how things are. We're going to keep you into cardiac care unit uh, under observation. And I'm like, all right, uh, I'm, I'm being a very cooperative patient, but I really wanted to go back home. I I, I, I wanted to go and get out of the hospital. Um, the cardiologist came back that night and at night around midnight is when I started feeling uh, a I felt like there was an elephant sitting on top of me and I also felt a shortness of breath Uh, to which the cardiologist reacted immediately and said we're going to take you down for a CT scan we're going to run a camera through your artery and figure out what's going on Uh, which they did and uh, (laughs) my my, my heart is functioning but there is no oxygen Uh, there's no blood going through the heart wow And that's when they decided that they were gonna uh, do an open heart surgery and a quadruple bypass. So-
0: So literally month from today, you had an open heart surgery and quadruple bypass.
1: Correct, yep. So they cut me from hair uh, all the way down, they cut my sternum wide open, um, broke the ribs and accessed my heart and put four arteries in.
0: Wow 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 and how long I'm, I'm sure the surgery was for a long period of time and then and, and by time you could be awake and and, and, and recognize what's going on I mean what, when did you really when when did it sink in what just happened um, and, and well how- it
1: never sinks in <laughs> it could never sink in uh, when the when the cardiologist told me uh, that that's what we we're gonna do uh, I had the first question I asked him uh, what are the chances of you messing up? And it's like, well, there's probably a 1% chance. And I'm like, have you had 99 successful operations? <laughs> am, I, am I that 1%? <laughs> Which you started laughing. Uh, but uh, I mean, there's always a chance, right? I mean, anything can sure. go wrong, but they were, they, they, they were extremely professional, very good about things. Uh, When did it sit in? It still hasn't. I mean, I can't still believe at times that uh, I've gone through all of this um, because, you know, physically speaking and mentally speaking, um, I was never a candidate for a quadruple bypass.
0: Wow, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, as you said, you know, no history, you fit, you lean, you you active. and, And it's like, how is this possible?
1: Exactly. So, you know, at that point in time, what do you do? You basically cross your finger and you wish for the best. And uh, one of the things that I've learned, actually, a couple of things that I've learned through this process is that you've got to follow the process. And it's also mind over matter. Your mind's got to be stronger than the rest of your body. So um, I was in surgery for about five and a half hours or so. Um, I didn't really get out of it uh like whereby i could recognize things around me for a little over 20 hours wow so uh when i came out of it uh when i opened my eyes i remember uh the surgeons the doctors and the cardiologists on site and uh, saying good job i'm like well i didn't do anything it's all you guys and all what i remember were these pipes and a bunch Mm -hmm. of pipes coming out of me and hoses Uh, All of what I remember was um, that there were more incisions in me that I could ever think of. I mean, I had uh, incisions in my artery or hair, my neck, uh, my arms, my legs. I mean, you think of it, I am fully connected. And uh, the cardiologist was quite funny. He's like, Hey, guess what? You're going to be doing laps around the hospital in the next five days. And I tried to turn around. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You've, you, you're you probably much stronger than I am because right now I can't turn and I can't lift my finger an inch and it hurts. Yes. Like, yeah, don't worry about it. You, you're going to be just fine. You, you're strong. Um, like, all right. And I remember the first day I woke up, it felt like I was Neil Armstrong.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know,
1: and then I remember the second day I took 20, I walked 20 feet. Now 20 feet isn't much, but it felt like a major accomplishment. And within five days I was doing laps, uh, you know, in the hospital. So, um, uh, you know, a lot of physical therapy, a lot of operational therapy, a lot of people to support. And, uh, you know, the thing that actually really hit me hard going through that experience was that all the nurses, all the doctors, the surgeons, the cardiologists, everybody was passionate about it and what they did. Mm -hmm. And they genuinely cared. It wasn't Mm -hmm. fake. They genuinely cared. They cared for my well-being, not just me in general, but every single patient. That you felt this connection, that you felt that
0: you're not just a number, you're not just another person, but you are the person that they truly want to feel better and, and get better.
1: Wow. Exactly. And 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 that helped me heal very quickly. And um you know 4 weeks into it, uh, I can I can walk. I mean, I have been able to do pretty much everything by myself. Uh I'm back to walking. I you know, average about two and a half, three miles a day right now, uh, which is quite an improvement uh, from not even being able to get up. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of interesting before I left Jersey last week and I came back home, uh, the surgeon said that there are people that were here before you got here that are still here.
0: Wow, that is amazing.
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's mind over matter at the end of the day. I mean, I've, I don't have any, any secrets. I think mentally, if you convince yourself that you can do it, um, and that applies to anything in life. Um, if, you, if you believe in yourself, if you believe that you're capable of doing anything um, and you put your, your, your mind to it, you'll do just fine.
0: I love your attitude. I mean, that is literally a month ago when you were uh, taken to hospital and then another major traumatic surgery. And to see you not only released, but you travel across the country to Hawaii, you were able to endure the flights and that is not short flight by any stretch of imagination. And just to be able to be on your own and bouncing back and, breathing and functioning on your own that that is just amazing how human body recovers but also I'm sure how much it has to do as I said care and then self-care now so with that experience what would be some of advice for listeners and people watching that maybe are taking too easily for granted their own health
1: yeah so nothing in life is guaranteed I mean uh, you can you can can have all the plans in your life and it never goes the way you've actually planned your life to be. Uh, It's a a constant change. I mean, if there is one thing that's constant in our lives, it's change. And it's potentially typically not the way you want it to be. So you've got to be nimble enough. Uh, But on the same note, you've got to be passionate about what you want to do in life. Uh, You've got to be flexible. You've got to believe in yourself. Uh, You know, don't do things Halfway, commit to it and then do it. And, you know, 99% of the time it might not work, but yeah. you only need that 1% at one time. So believe in yourself, um, you know, surround yourself with the right people. Get rid, and I would say it again get rid of people in your life that consume you, mm. that are negative, that are fake. Because they're only there for the good times. And when you need them, they'll never be there for you. So mm-hmm. you think that you've got a lot of friends? You don't. All that mm-hmm. you need is one. So get, get rid of the access baggage and and, and weight that we carry uh, for people that are fake uh, and, and find some real friends. Uh, I believe, you know, I've been very fortunate to have some real people in my life that really do care. I mean, I have friends that, Were changing their plans as they found out. You know, while they were traveling or they're conducting business, that wanted to come out and be there with me to to help me support through this this uh, experience. uh, That really did care, and that means a lot. Um, You know, surround yourself with people that are passionate and and just genuine. Um, And you know what. There are signs, um, you don't have to go digging and doing, you know, extensive personality tests. Uh, there are signs and how people conduct themselves and how, how they connect with you. It's words, it's body language. There's so much of it that can help you understand. And when I said you is everybody, uh, understand, um, what the reality is.
0: Yeah. I, I, I just want to just reflect that is so gold and epic and I cannot agree with more with you because people um, invest so much time in things that on the end of the day don't matter and who is that person that you can count on this you can call any day and time right and it's going to answer the call or be there and that's that's the that's those the relationship those people that are world um nurturing and investing into and I love what you said all the other stuff are destruction and, and and you're right. So many people don't want to just like have fun and high life or but when it comes even this COVID just proved that over and over, right? Who you mm-hmm. can count on in, in working environment, who can work in a family or or private life, and who can you count uh, and in in general because values shifted so much, the, the, the priorities shifted so much. And as a result, also how we interact, sadly. Um, people are so afraid to be vulnerable, to be so straightforward, open, and honest. I mean, look at what you're sharing here today. And I really want to just say this is remarkable on so many levels, because we need to hear more what happens and how easy it is. similar situation occur and not everybody gets so lucky i feel like you're like a cat with seven or nine lives however
1: it's more than enough i don't i don't i don't think i'm ready to go through another experience like this i know i know
0: but you, this is like that is multiply because it was like oh my god yeah <laughs> we're just like what they had to do and all these steps i was like yeah i feel like you, you you are tapping into it and it's so great to have you not only here at the legacy meter show obviously with us but just so great to have you smiling fully recovered and and as you said now enjoying hawaii and understanding even more so how important it is to be the great role model and, and you have a reason to you have a, somebody to, but that is watching you right how are you modeling that so tell us a little bit about your kiddos and your family and things because obviously from philanthropic standpoint we have to walk the talk right
1: absolutely yeah so so i don't i don't know what the secret is or why i'm back here again uh, it, it might have just been a, a wrong number um. <laughs> <laughs> But I, what I believe is that, I mean, you know, that I might have done one good deed and I'm not religious at all, uh, but I believe is that I might have done one good deed uh, and there might be some kid somewhere or somebody that I might have helped uh, with their lives or their career or whatever the case might be that just prayed for me, Mm -hmm. Uh, that those thoughts and prayers and the the genuine concern uh, potentially helped. I don't know. Uh, Nobody knows. Right. Uh, But people care. And I think that's the most important thing um, that that's how you got to feel. Medical science is medical science. Uh, It's, again, very binary. I mean, we we hope that we connect the tubes the right way and it's going to work. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I believe that things happen for a reason uh i had to go through these experiences to potentially become a better person Mm. Uh, and it probably and probably just had to reinforce my journey and what i need to do and or find myself i don't know i mean we're all we're all seeking those answers so um you know, but then again, I also feel that I've found my friends, I've found family, I've found people that are caring and uh, I've eliminated some of the rubbish out of my life, and um, I've found to be genuine uh, and 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 be real with people and and people around me that is
0: that is. I, and I love, because that's how I live my life, by being honest, authentic, genuine, and uh, do, you know, show up uh, consistently like that. And, and, and that is also that it comes with level of vulnerability, right? And sometimes people appreciate that, sometimes don't, but that is also revealing and telling, right? Helps you weed things out and then also take away all of those distractions and helps you to figure things out but also as a family man obviously having your children you're right and then having them having their dad in their lives now uh giving back in a way a so second time around uh, i feel like i'm sure it's even more so everything you do even more so intentional and meaningful so what are you doing to keep that uh spirit alive and and then uh, with all the accomplishments and all these major disruptions and events, also I'm curious: uh, what is next for you? What is that secret uh, of uh, either next adventure or, or or what would you like to be remembered? Because you already have tremendous legacy, but I'm curious: what is that uh, legacy that you are going to create in the in moving forward?
1: Well, I mean, one thing for sure: I'm not going to space anytime soon. Uh... <laughs> Um, I you think are to
0: joined the line somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I I I think um, you know I I, I want to be a contributor. Um, I think continuing on the journey and embracing my voice. Uh, you know corporate culture basically dictates about me being a liability now uh, for what I've gone through most recently and five years ago. Uh, so I want I want to change that that it's the people that make the difference uh, and not their handicaps. You should not judge people by their handicap. Um, Even though um, they say they don't, they do, right? Um, I want to uh, basically contribute uh, and and continue on the journey that uh, I'd originally set forth on, which I figured that I, I started five years ago in helping the younger generation become better people. And that's through experiences and exposures and education. Uh, I want to build uh, a stronger foundation for those kids. Um, you know, Unfortunately, where we are at on a global basis is uh, that we've got all these funds and we've got these educational incentives for kids um, that are older. But think about it this way, we're building a house of cards. If you don't have a good enough foundation, you're building a house of cards. And there's plenty of people that don't don't get that education. They don't get that experience. And I wanna be able to provide that to them uh, at a young enough age. Um, I wanna be able to be um, some sort of a support mechanism for the mid to older generation as well, because there is a generational divide in technology.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And we we need to simplify it, right? Because kids are like sponges. They don't forget, they absorb everything that you show to them: good, bad, or ugly.
0: Yes.
1: How do we fix that? I, I want to figure that out. And I think a part of it is to bridge that generational and technical divide that we have experienced over the last two decades. Mm. I want to be able to reconnect people because technology in a lot of ways is disconnecting people.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I want to break the barrier for artificial intelligence being smarter than human. Um, These pundits say that AI is gonna take over the world. Well, guess what? You know, you can't beat Human intelligence
0: Absolutely. and an emotional
1: intelligence element can yeah. never be recreated. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's about embracing my voice and it's 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 saying the way it is, and you know, hopefully, somebody follows and you know, joins me on my journey. Uh, but at least it's being a change agent. Um, I'm 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 not gonna sit back and take it anymore, where. Uh, these pundits that are not real dictate and define what the future generations are going to look like. So to answer your question, that's a lot to do. (laughs) But uh, the only way I can do that is by embracing my voice
0: Mm. and
1: sharing that message. I
0: love it. And such a beautiful thing to apply everything thus far you learned and discovered and and you find it now that is the most valuable. And that's where the most impact is going to be created and where it's already been done. And I really, really kudos you for continuously showing up and still not only having desire and passion, but still doing it, right, to making it happen. And I love when you talk about generational gap in technology, but we're also seeing in other aspects. We have a huge gap in leadership, too, that unfortunately then does not decide very well on those technology elements and direction. And and that's why we have these insane pain points and a lot of conflicts. And um, a lot of gaps uh, as, as things are expanded further. So kudos for, kudos for doing what you're doing and still thinking how to give back and, and, and in which best possible way.
1: Um, Absolutely. So
0: any exciting uh, speaking engagements or anything else coming up?
1: Uh, well, I mean, hopefully within the next week or so, the, the doctors and the cardiologists are going to release me to travel again and uh, have some sort of a normalcy. Uh, so okay. once I get their approval, again, it's a matter of following the process, right? Um, I, I don't know medical science as much as they do. So I've got to follow their leadership and, uh, yes. and, and, and their recommendations. So uh, over the next couple of weeks, as I clear up, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get, get out and about and potentially speak at a few conferences. Um, I do have a few things lined up later in the year in Europe. Um, and on the mainland America as well. So um, yeah, can't wait to get out and meet people and share share the story.
0: That's fantastic. And then for everyone that wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way? Because right now, obviously you're mentioning about your nomad concept and how you're engaging with others. Um, uh, to to share information around the space of technology and everything else on innovative ways, right? Uh, so where they can participate or find out what are you up to and and, and maybe get involved.
1: Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm quite easy to find, I believe. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Twitter typically works out great. Uh, my handle is my first name, last name, which is Nabil Mermud. Um And, uh, you know, Typically, my travel schedules are published on either nomadfuturist.com or on nabilmahmood.com.
0: That's beautiful. So I will make sure that we have those links for everybody watching and listening so you can not only uh, get in touch, but also they can find you on LinkedIn, Instagram, and actually also hopefully soon again on Facebook. And I'm sorry, not Facebook, uh, um, Clubhouse. Yes, uh, because yeah, I've got you've been doing some really great stuff on clubhouse uh, and 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 just phenomenal rich share
1: absolutely i've got to jump on that Uh, it's 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 been quite some time so would love to get back on one of these days
0: yes take it easy and then we definitely want to hear your voice and continue hearing your voice and for everybody again watching and listening uh chance to hear from survivor of three heart attacks and then Third open heart surgery and four bypasses, and major shift and recovery within a month to travel across the country. Oh my goodness, uh, it's just amazing. Spirits and and I and I, I love the concept. Where is the will? There is the way. And when you said I, I I I can or cannot, it's a it's it's a choice, right? So for anyone, just in conclusion, if you don't mind sharing, that they're really struggling to uh, get into that mindset? What would you recommend? Uh, how, how that helps you, not just these events, but obviously life experiences to have this attitude. What would be one word of advice or, or, or something for them just if they take one action?
1: So, yeah, so if you can take one thing away, uh, it is live life like there is no tomorrow. And if oh. tomorrow comes, live again.
0: Wow, that is so powerful. I love it. That great quote will quote you. (laughs) (laughs) It was absolute pleasure to have you today with us. And we'll look forward to your future achievements and accomplishments and ways to not only have you back, but also to um, give a chance and opportunity for others to not only find you, participate and support your causes. And I cannot wait to see what are you going to do in months and years to come?
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. It's, it's, It's been phenomenal.